Welcome to the Operate Intelligently podcast. This is Tony Butler. I'm joined with my host, Bob Fittner. Bob, how are you today? I'm doing great, Tony. It looks a little uh, dreary outside, and uh, they're uh, calling for some wintry mix this week. I'm not quite sure what that means for us, and it could mean anything from an ice storm to uh, uh, maybe just a cool chill in our air here in North Carolina. Hey, bring it on. <laughs> I'm ready for it, aren't you? <laughs> I'm ready it's, uh, Christmas is right around the corner in our holiday season, and, and uh, we had our company uh, holiday party the other night. It was fantastic. But I wanted to start off, we got a special guest with us this morning, uh, but I wanted to uh, uh, kick off with a trivia question, Tony. And uh, I think our listeners will figure out why I'm using this illustration in a moment. But Forrest Gump, the movie Forrest Gump, one of the things that... Uh, Forrest was known for in that movie was running. And uh, do you have any idea in that movie how far Forrest Gump ran? Bob, I have no idea, but I'll I'll take a stab at it later. Tony, have you ever seen the movie Forrest Gump? I, I have seen okay. the movie, but I think it's probably been 10 years since I watched it. All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll tell everybody about that <laughs> in the end here. But uh, we are really uh, excited here at The Dude uh, we have a new CEO, and Ed has been with us for six weeks now, Ed? Something like that. And uh, I'm, I'm not sure if it seems like a day or five years uh, to you. I know those things can go by and look, be looked at in very much different ways. But Ed has come to us, and when he was introduced to us as a company, uh, after the first meeting, everybody came back and said, I can get his first name, but I'm not sure about how you pronounce his last name. So, Ed, can you kind of tell us how, how uh, we remember and our audience can remember your last name? No, thanks for asking. I, I've probably had uh, a million iterations of my name in the 53 years I've been on Earth. And I found one of the easiest ways to, to sort of uh, help people out is just say sausage with an R in front of it. Rossage. That gets you close enough. Um, I like to take a little bit of a perverse pleasure when I walk in and meet strangers and they're reading my name off of a piece of paper just to watch them try to go through the machinations in their head to see how they pronounce it out. And yeah, about one out of a thousand get it right the first time. And so they, uh, you can tell that and you're just having kind of fun with it. Yeah, right? I get it, some entertainment actually out of it. It's uh, it's one of my flaws or strengths, I don't know. You know, I, I have that same experience because uh, I don't know if you've noticed this yet or not, but uh, I somewhat resemble the dude. Oh, and, you do! And, wow, uh, he does. <laughs> he and does. Uh, when I when I have it on my shirt, when I'm wearing my shirt around, I'll see people look at that, and they'll look at me, and they'll want to say something, and it's kind of that same feeling, you know. You see all those things turning in their mind. Uh, I had a guy one time when I got on a plane said, "You've got a caricature of yourself on your shirt, don't you?" And, and uh, he, everybody was laughing about it. But uh, Ed, uh, when you when you introduced yourself to us as a uh, the new CEO, you kind of shared a little few things about yourself and uh, there were uh, a couple things that I think stood out and maybe you can uh, share a little bit about just kind of your personal uh, life a little bit but uh, we know that you're a runner, yep. a reader, a writer, a chainsaw pickup truck junkie. Is that right? <laughs> That's true. Uh, actually I'll start with the chainsaw stuff. I actually never realized that there's such a thing as chainsaw snobbery you know, after living in California, you get a little bit of wine uh, snobbery um, out there. But uh, here, uh, when I announced the brand that I had, I took a lot of flack behind the scenes and actually feel sort of inferior as a person because of it. But uh, 
I love uh, cutting wood. Um, it's meditative for me. It's one of the few things I actually get to do where I could start with a tree and end up with a pile of something and some sweat and some heat later. And it, it, there's a direct correlation to the effort that I put in. So, uh, yeah, absolutely love doing stuff like that. So have you dropped a tree on your pickup truck yet? I have not dropped a tree on my pickup truck yet, but I've... Uh, uh, I've come close, and um, you know it's probably just a matter of time. Well, that I gives can, me an I, opportunity to buy a new pickup truck. I can share some uh, stories with you, but we won't do that on air, okay? And what kind of pickup truck? I think that's uh, something interesting that our listeners. Will. Yeah, well, I uh, I ended up with a with a Dodge Ram, and uh, I named it Earl. I name all my cars. It's just something I've done since I was since I was driving, and um, I named my truck Earl because it, it seemed to me like Earl's a dependable, rugged name for a pickup truck, so uh, I, like it. I ended up uh, with Earl. Does it have a diesel engine in it? Uh, no, I'm, I'm not actually going to, uh, I'm going to look down at the ground and see I've got a six-cylinder. Oh, six-cylinder ram, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll talk about that too yeah. in, in some uh, future times together. Yeah, make fun of that. But um, I know that you're uh, kind of a long-distance runner, mm -hmm. and um, You've uh, done some, uh, I think you made the, uh, the analogy that you run marathons to train for running, right? That's true. I, uh, I got involved in uh, first uh, Ironman triathlon probably 15 years ago, and I've done 10 Ironmans. Uh, you know, for those who don't know, uh, it's a 2.4-mile swim, 112 on the bike, and then a 26.2-mile run. And so I did that, and then I got um, introduced into ultra running, and now uh, I, I try not to enter races unless they have at least 100 miles of distance or more likely in the 250 to 350 mile range. So I love it. It's uh, meditative for me. It pushes me um, physically and mentally to an edge uh, every time. And I know that you've, you've uh, written some things. I've, uh, I, I got a book uh, here yesterday that was given to me, A Solid Handshake. Yep. Uh, we, can, we can talk about that by another time, but I think a great read uh, on leadership and uh, really look forward to your style of leadership. And uh, it no doubt will be slightly different than what we've had in the past, and, and you bring some new things. But tell us a little bit, uh, Ed, in this transition between you and Kent and, and Lee, uh, the owners, and um, where in the world has uh, Kent and Lee gone, and have they gone anywhere, and uh, just your perspective on that whole relationship. Yeah, so uh, just a couple of thoughts there. First off, um, it's a rare opportunity for a guy like me to walk in behind such a great uh, human and, and leader uh, is Kent. I think I, uh, when I delivered my speech to the team initially, you know, I talked about the rare uh, situation of not walking into a burning building. Um, sure, there's stuff to work on here, but the business is in great shape. You know, Kent made a decision, you know, a year, maybe even a little bit further back, that at some point um, the business was going to, to get big enough that it was going to require someone who's, who's scaled before. And when you look back at my career, you know, whether it's BlackBot going from 80 to 150, Verta 4, 150 to 300, point click here from, you know, 60 to 200, scaling is, is where I've been sort of living the last several years. Ken um, is still around and uh, is going to be a, an active force in the company for years to come. Um, his position now is executive chair, um, executive chairman of the board, and he and I have had lots of uh, dialogue around what his role would be, what my role would be, 
how he could continue to add value uh, to the company because he's got a unique skill set and understanding of our markets. You know, he's got a 30-year jump on me. I'll never catch up to him. So I think he's going to add some value there, particularly in the in the idea of uh, strategy, long-term strategy, long-term product thinking, stuff that, uh, you know, frankly, it's going to take me a while to get even qualified to have an opinion on. Lee is still around. He's going to continue to drive our, our strategic initiative group. He's a valued member of, of the executive team. Lots of ideas and energy and entrepreneurial sort of thinking. So uh, I feel really lucky to have those two continuing on um, to, to help me help team grow. And it's very exciting, and I think it was very refreshing to all employees to know that Canton and Lee are still going to be extremely active. Yeah. You know, they're they're loved and respected in, in our community of uh, clients and, and prospective clients and always leave a great impression. And uh, it's hard to walk in a room with, with either one of them and go out without having been enriched in some form or fashion totally. in some way. And, I, and I've observed that myself uh, over the last six weeks. I, I can easily get why uh, both of them have developed, uh, one, a great company and also a lot of followership and, uh, and uh, friends. Are you looking for a way to get inspired about your work as a facility or operations professional? Join us at our annual Maintenance and Operations Conference, Dude University in San Diego, March 18th through the 21st. You'll be able to attend educational sessions about your day-to-day work, meet professionals from across the country who work in your and other industries, and enjoy the sunny 70-degree days in San Diego. If you register by December 31st, then you can still take advantage of our all-inclusive Dude deal, so now's the time to act. Learn more and register online at university2018.com. So I know um, one of the things that that we, we've had several things that have made our company successful and, and got us to this particular point. As far as um, all of those, I'm not going to list them out, but of course our listeners, our clients, and, and what they mean to us is huge. What is your vision for our clients and, and where we're moving as a company in the future? Yeah, so um, my honest thinking around that is still crystallizing. Uh, you know, I'm 33 days in, so I, I have a lot to learn. But one, I think our mission is really amazing in that we help a lot of behind-the-scenes heroes provide warm, dry, safe places for kids, enhancing our, our, our public spaces, uh, better patient care, helping manufacturing facilities build you know, awesome things. So that, to me, that mission-driven view uh, is something I think that's interwoven into every dude in the, in the building. I think one of the, the pivot points that I'd like to see our company take and, and have been thinking a lot about is how do we arm those folks with more data that will help them get a seat at the big table or a bigger table from a decision-making process and, and whether that's helping generate revenue for their organizations or helping them manage costs or improve efficiencies, uh, uh, identifying problem points before they become problems. I mean, there's a, a huge number of ways that all of our products 
can help these these folks really drive their organizations in a way. And we are the only company on the face of the planet that has you know tens of millions of users inputting data and, and information every day that we can help reflect back to them in ways that will help them be more productive and helpful to their organizations. And I think they've seen that over the years, but as technology has begun to evolve mm-hmm. even more and more and become more affordable for one thing, mm-hmm. uh, easier to use, we're now in a, in a generation that smart devices are very near to us every day and we rely on them for things. Talk to us a little bit about technology and driving change in that area and how we still make it easier for uh, some of us old farts that are still in the industry and in facility management and maybe not as tech savvy, but how do we drive all that so people become engaged and, and are able to produce kind of those reports, so that data that uh, will help them so much in their business? Yeah, I, th- I think it's probably two or three things. One, um, we have to drive simplicity. Right when when you've got folks out there on ladders with mobile devices or or in rough environments, they can't put themselves in a spot where they got to do ten clicks to get something done. We have yeah. to make it brain dead easy and simple and and safe for them to to do some things. I think the second thing is we need to figure out how to help folks harness IoT, uh, Internet of Things, in a way that helps them be more productive and predictive in in some of the things that they do. And then I think also um, as we morph and evolve our platforms, we have to um, be at the forefront of socializing what we're doing, educating and training and and ensuring that we've built stuff uh, that the workflows match uh, exactly what what the users are needing. How do you see yourself becoming up to speed on some of those kinds of things? Well, I'll tell you, no one can prepare you for the flood of information as a new CEO walking into an organization (laughs) the size of of, uh, Dude with, you know, tens of millions of users, you know, hundreds of employees, you know, several product lines. Um, I have um, uh, borrowed a Mark Twainism. I think he said, you know, you've got two ears and one mouth and use them in proportion. I actually have gone into it with... uh, two ears, two eyes, one math, and I better go get a big roll of duct tape and tape the one <laughs> hole that, that can get me in trouble um, during this first period of time. So I've been listening, I've asked a lot of questions, and I've been very careful not to form early opinions because there always seems to be a few more angles uh, that if I ask a few more questions to learn. So as I told the team, other than the, the decisions I have to make as a chief executive, I think if I make any sort of opinions or moves in product in the first 90 to 120 days, there's a good chance I'm going to screw it up. So I'm depending on the team right now, which has infinitely more domain and and customer experience to help me uh, uh, make the right decisions over this first period of time. Ed, you you come to us uh, from California, you move clear across country, a lot of change in your personal life, Mm -hmm. uh, in your professional life. Uh, You've uh, been successful in several companies and a lot of it is is continual change, right? And tell us about uh, a little bit about change. You're now going from a company that is called Dude Something, and I'm sure when you relayed that to some of your friends, they probably said, are you crazy? <laughs> and uh, so talk to us a little bit about not just only your personal uh, change in your life and, and, and job as you've related some of that to us, but 
on of how we look at change in the future. And, and I'd like to add to that because I know when I talk to clients and, and we're trying to implement our products and organization, one of the largest um, hurdles that they have is change management. Mm -hmm. um, so I know as you talk through this, for the listeners, as you guys are listening, um, maybe there's some pointers here that we could point out as they try to drive change in the organization and as they're dealing with change in their own personal lives as well. Cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll hit a couple of things there. So first, I want to hit the dude, uh, <laughs> the dude thing up. Um, it was so funny because I'm in California. I've been on the West Coast for 12, 15 years, and we say dude almost in every sentence out there. So when uh, I started talking to my friends and family and that I was joining a company called Dude Solutions, most of them were like, well, you've, you've worked your whole life to get there, haven't you? <laughs> so uh, it worked out pretty well for me on that. Uh, on the change management thing, first a couple of things. Um, I've walked into to, um, government um, applications, healthcare applications, insurance applications, uh, uh, not-for-profit applications, and every one of them says, Ed, this business is totally different than any other business you've ever seen, and nothing that you learned before will apply here. <laughs> And the honest answer is about 20% of that is true. Um, at the core of a SaaS business, about 80% it's the same movie and adjustments over and over and over. Um, you know, getting implementations right, it's the same process. Getting customer care right, it's the same process. Sales, same process. So walking into a situation like this, I am looking to coach re uh, around repeatable patterns that I've seen before, not taking for granted that some of those repeatable patterns might be a little bit different here, but you know, observing and, and, and applying what I've learned in the past. When it comes to change, though, I think a couple of things that I've learned ahead of time is one, you got to plant seeds early. Walking in one day and saying, you know, giving a whiplash statement, hey, I know we were headed here and now we're headed there, that never works out really well. So one, you got to start socializing the change early by planting seeds. Um, secondly, you have to get uh, a wide variety of opinion and thought as you contemplate change so that you, you get all of the um, positives and potential challenges identified and are able to work around those challenges and try to address some of those challenges any leader that sits in this chair and says, I know exactly every place this thing could fail um, is either delusional or, or just dumb. And you need to really talk to folks that are close to the problem and, and tackle those. I think the other thing is, unless the house is on fire, which we are not, it's, it's evolution change, not revolution change. It's iteration. It's adding a little here. It's tweaking a little there so that it's like that silly frog in warm water going to a boiling pot sort of analogy. Um, change is a lot like that. If you do a little bit at a time, people will wake up a year later and say, oh my gosh, look, look all that's changed. And it didn't even seem like it was all that bad. I think the last thing I'll say is when you make change and you discover that, in, and it happens, that you, you made the wrong call or you need to back up, um, get your ego out of the way, make the change, fall on your sword. Hey, we got here. We thought we made an educated guess, but it wasn't the right one. Let's move on. And, and that's one thing I think that I want, you know, dude nation to hear from me if, you know, the employees that are here and it's okay to fail, um, back up, move on. Um, you know, no one's going to get judged for, for one day failures. And I think everybody, whenever they are 
there is the announcement of change, whether it's a new boss, a new leader, a new product. The tendency that we have as humans, and I'm glad you brought the, the fact in that uh, most of the problems are across to us as humans, not the technology Absolutely. or the whatever, yeah. but how does it affect me, right? Mm -hmm. uh, is, is that person, is he or she still going to value what I do, what I bring to the organization? Uh, are they gonna hear me? Uh, are they going to listen? Uh, are they going to come in here uh, like a bull in a china shop? What's it going to be? You know, right. and, I, and I think that uh, as we talk about change in organizations, all that human side uh, is the really the important place to focus on, and uh, not so much the what it is, but that there is a change. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely agree. Uh, getting people comfortable with it, letting them know. You mentioned planting the seeds early. Um, I think is, is hugely important, uh, especially for all those, you mentioned humans, all the emotions, the fear, the insecurity that comes along with that. So, so and, you know, as part of that, uh, one of the things I always like to do when I get a new boss is kind of feel them out and, and get to know them, what their personality's like. And so I will admit that I was kind of that chainsaw snobbery that came <laughs> on to you. And I said, I'm going to take a risk here and send this guy an email saying, I don't care about how far you've run or how many books you've read. What's the kind of chainsaw you have? And uh, so we won't get into that argument today, Ed, but um, I'm s glad to see that you're you know, willing to change and to accept you know, a newer vision, a newer height and things. And, uh, a better chainsaw? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> yeah, well, it's like I told you, uh, I will not change my uh, chainsaw brand until mine breaks. And I'm, I'm thinking it's going to last a good long time. <laughs> and, uh, but we just really wanted to welcome you to uh, the Dude family today and introduce you to our Dude Nation and our listeners here on the podcast. Just a, a real warm welcome, and, and uh, I'm sure that you're going to be having a lot of conversations with many of our listeners and clients and potential clients in, in the, the weeks and months ahead, and uh, you'll get to meet a lot of them at, uh, at our Dude University on the West Coast in March, and uh, we're just really welcoming you, uh, Ed, to, to our family yep. and uh, the, the experience that you bring. I don't know if you, uh, you you said that you look at the running as a hundred miles at the uh, kind of where you want to start running in these races, but do you have any idea how far Forrest Gump ran in? in I I got to tell you, I've seen that movie probably 10, 15 times, and I honestly don't know how long well, he ran. So let me let me tell you how how far and how long he ran. <laughs> And maybe, maybe you're not ready to sign up because we're not ready for you to be gone for three years, two months, 14 days, and six hours and run a race of 19,024 miles. Uh, quite an endurance race. That is quite a but, uh But we'll cheer you on on your next 100-mile race or 200-mile race. And uh, again, we just want to welcome you to, to the Dude family and introduce you to, to our friends that listen to us every day. Yep. Welcome, Ed. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for listening to the Operate Intelligently podcast. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts, leave us a review, and you can even email us at dspodcast at dudesolutions.com.